Hello, the internet, and welcome to this episode of the Weekly Zeitgeist. Uh, these are some of our favorite segments from this week, all edited together into one uh, nonstop infotainment laugh extravaganza. Uh, yeah. So, without further ado, here is the Weekly Zeitgeist. Orlando, what's what's new with you, man? What, how is uh, social distancing treating you? Uh, it's treating me well, man. I, I never knew I was so prepared like my whole life for this uh, social distancing pandemic. I didn't know that I was ready, like so prepared, <laughs> like not to shake people's hands. Like I kind of <laughs> I had an idea that I didn't like shaking people's hands, like just a feeling like, you yeah. know, I would look at certain individuals and like uh, maybe I shouldn't. But I was still, you know, being a stand-up comic, you do meet and greets. But now it's like I don't have to shake nobody's hand. And it's like I don't even feel bad telling people. It's like, oh, you know, I would, but I can't. We could yeah, die. You know, so, yeah. yeah. It's not a <laughs> good look. We could die. You know, there's yeah, cameras yeah. around. Yeah. Yeah, there's – yeah. And riding in elevators by myself is fantastic. It's like you get a whole nother oh, – like you have like a vacation home. Yeah. I just realized I don't think I've been in an elevator. Oh, I oh, have, really? man. Yeah. In a long... Well, no, the, the, the when you just said that, I'm like, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, wait. Uh-huh. When yeah, it's was great. I, I, used to, I used to feel bad when I'd be like, no, I'll, I'll wait for the next one when there was only one person in the right. elevator. Now, just because I didn't want the awkward, you know, silence. Uh, no, but, I, I, yeah, I no. recently, I went to the doctor and when I went to the doctor... Uh, he taking the elevator, they had a sign that said only one person yeah. per ride. And I was like, oh, this is fantastic. I yeah. love it. And uh, and a dude actually tried to get on the elevator with me, and I blocked yeah, him. Sorry. I was like, no. Nah. And man. I pointed at the read sign. Read the like, sign. Yeah. Read yeah. the sign, homie. And I didn't even hold the button. I just let the doors yeah, close like, slow. Right, bro. Yeah, can't let yeah. you in, man. Not with those shoes yeah. on. Sorry, yeah. man. Yeah. <laughs> Come with some ladies next time. We'll yeah. let you in. And his face, man, his face was so like, like he was just like, what do you mean? And like the <laughs> sadness that he he thought I was just deboying him. Like right, I was, right, trying, right. And I was like, no, look at the sign. And when this elevator closed, his sadness brought me so much happiness. <laughs> I cannot lie to you guys. You're like, I didn't even go to the doctor. I felt cured yeah, right there. I, I felt great. I was like, this is fantastic. I think we're learning just that there's a whole portion of the American population that had never been told they can't do something before yeah. right uh the yeah they just were not emotionally prepared to yeah. have to wear masks or not get a drink whenever they yeah. wanted to or get to not get to ride an elevator with yes. orlando leba yes. uh, and yeah. the flip side of that is that other portion of people who've always wanted to tell people stuff like yo shut off shut off your your speaker in the store like you're talking on speakerphone in the store we all <laughs> like right. but now it's like now we all feel like comfortable telling people yo like no yeah. you can't ride Knock in this off. elevator <laughs> yeah yeah you can't ride in this elevator this has empowered a lot of people that felt like they didn't have any type of power and now they have a little bit of power hopefully it won't go to their heads my it's really misanthrop- gone to my head my misanthropy is saving your life Right. So, yes. Yes. Yeah. Billy, we like to ask our guests, what is something from your search history that's revealing about who you are? Mattresses. I've been looking up, trying to find the best deal for a mattress. Mm. Also, I don't think mm. Black Friday is a good time or Cyber Monday is a good time to buy anything because I don't know what anything ever cost. 
<laughs> right. There's no baseline for prices. So, and then they're just saying like, this is a hundred percent off. And you're like, maybe, I don't know. Where did it start from? It's still $45. <laughs> right. It, yeah. That and like, I don't know when, if they're, if one's better than the other, like it's all blending together. It's really strange because even throughout the pandemic, like the lockdown, so many of these like outlets or shopping places have had all kinds of ridiculous sales to offset the lack of like foot traffic into their physical stores. So it's like, I've complete, like, I felt like there were always deals on shit because of the lockdown that, yeah, it, like the cyber Monday thing was almost moot to me. I was like, I don't even, I don't know. Like, I feel like nothing looks cheaper than it ever has. I feel like it's, everything's looked cheap yeah. somewhat. Yeah, like I don't. A, $40 80-inch TV. Yeah. They they have hyperinflation well, Sundays too. where they where they uh, triple the price, and then it always looks like a deal on Monday. Right. Yeah. And then all the cheap TVs, if you look, they have a listening device in them, and you're like, well, that's why they're cheap. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you're the product. That makes me angry. Uh, that's just the new club card is what that is. Right. Uh, but I think the mattress thing is frustrating because it's like, some of them are really expensive, and some of them aren't. And I don't yeah. know why they're different. And you can't tell. And then I mentioned it online, and you know, people are like, "Hey, this one or this one." And then people are like, "Hey, don't get the ones that come rolled up because then something happens." Uh, <laughs> like, yeah, nothing is clear anymore. Pops out of the box and scares you. Well, yeah, it's just exactly. like, yeah, you be on a Tuesday, they get a little lower than then on a Wednesday, and you're like, man, I don't. <laughs> and don't get them wet. Do not get them wet. Yeah, especially These not after we'll midnight. Get them yeah, they will, yeah, don't feed it either. Yeah. Yeah, the, it I is mean, that. I think it's is, just a thing where I shouldn't, I should ask specific questions instead of vague questions, because people do answer, they take it personal too, like, well, don't get one from Serta because your girlfriend will break up with you. And you're like, that's not why <laughs> she broke up with, you know, that's <laughs> yeah. like, I think you're putting right. two events that happened on one day that have nothing to do with each other. Yeah. Look at Poonhound 69X420. <laughs> I don't think that was the issue. Lacey, what is something from your search history that's revealing about who you are? Uh, supermarket sweep. Okay. Oh. Okay. Uh, I'm obsessed with Supermarket Sweep. I've been like, I've watched all the old episodes. I love Leslie Jones on it now. She's fucking crushing it. Um, She's doing the most, and I love it. Like, the last episode on Sunday, she was, like, humping one of the free teddy bears. And I was just like, why is this happening? And I was like, but I love it. <laughs> why not? But I love it. And I, like, want to be on Supermarket Sweep so badly. And I don't think that my agents or managers would let me do this. But I really fucking want to be on this show. Like, I've always wanted to be on it. I'm a weird kid who came home from school and watched Supermarket Sweep with David Ruprecht and his press khakis. Wow. <laughs> Shit. And during quarantine, I started to think, like, is David Ruprecht fine? Uh -oh, um, that's yep. where I'm at in quarantine. That sounds about <laughs> so right for you. So I was Googling. Shut up. Shut up, Bob. <laughs> David Ruprecht and the Pressed Khakis is actually one of my favorite bands. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, I love it. But okay, that's to Miles's point. Also, uh, if you follow us on Twitter, if you follow Daily Zeitgeist guys on Twitter, you uh, might have caught the tweet where I said I was going to start lying on this hoe yeah. because I'm that tired of telling the truth. I'm tired of telling the truth and y'all finding out and being like, this you? <laughs> <laughs> A we gotta get you on work. supermarket sweeps, though. So that, How do we? Is there a way we? I mean, I feel like you, the, the energy you have for oh, it, absolutely, is like you know people might need to get out the way. 
And I sit at home and I guess too. Like when they're doing the challenges, I'm guessing with them, trying to get it before they do. Like I love it so much. Jaquise and I have talked about this because we're like we would go as a team because he knows lots of random brand stuff and I can run fast and grab all the stuff. Right, right, um, right. But also, he might push the cart because he can carry all the meats. It's Look, I've thought okay. about this a lot. And so I'm trying to get them to do, like, a comedian episode where, like, a bunch yeah. of comedians can come on and compete. Uh, we'll see. But Didn't yes, they do I that with Millionaire recently? Didn't they have, like... They did. Yeah. And yeah. it was so, cute. Yeah. It was cute. What's her face from uh, Modern Family? What's her name? Julie Bowen. Julie Bowen, I love that bitch. She almost hit me with her car once. I oh. love her. <laughs> Good for her. Still, you love her. <laughs> Um, I was in Larchmont. I was crossing the street, and she like she stopped and she waved. She was like, "Ooh, my oh, man!" And I was sorry. like, "Is that the mom from Modern Family?" Yeah, the there you go. Also, Larchmont, like, why are people driving so fast? They got stop signs like know, every fucking a- forty feet. <laughs> right. It's that's, a very foot traffic That's area. some celebrity However, shit to drive yeah. through Larchmont all recklessly and then be like, yeah. oh, sorry, wave. Just even though <laughs> well, this is I not the auto bar. credit, I was not crossing at an appropriate cross point uh, because I'm a criminal. Wow. So I was just like, I'm across the wherever I But she should have known street. that. She should have yeah. known that. Yeah, she should have <laughs> been the city paying attention. Usually, the city sends out an alert to everyone's cell phone when you're out on the prowl. They go, Lacey's in the streets, y'all. <laughs> be careful. Scams in progress. Listen, I love jaywalking. Yeah, That's yeah. one of my favorite things. Like you do the, I know about you and your ghost uh, car that ran over your foot. Like you got in your Julie Bones car. Like, ah, shit, you ran over my foot. <laughs> Julie, <laughs> why? You're right. As soon as I saw her, I should have grabbed my neck yeah. and been like, my neck, my neck. <laughs> I know you got But we money. can settle this out of court right now for 20 bucks. Wait, so on Supermarket <laughs> right. Sweep, what did they update the premise? Like what's, what's new with Supermarket Sweep other than so, Leslie Jones? Cr- the thing that I love the most about it is like they knew the girls wanted supermarket sweep. They didn't want no millennial shit. They right. wanted the thing Bring that we knew. Mm-hmm. So they keep a lot of it very similar. The only big differences that I see now are like one, like the jokes are a little racier. Like, you know, like mm-hmm. Leslie Jones will be referencing like Megan Thee Stallion and like talking okay. about flirting or talking about she having a sexy night in or whatever. So it's a little racier than the first supermarket sweep, which was very vanilla. And they have people now that she interacts with. Like, it was just David Ruprecht back in the day, okay? And his press khakis. And you knew you were getting a button down and you were getting a dad joke. <laughs> if mm-hmm. if that, dad jokes were rare. So now with Leslie, they got jokes. They definitely have some writers. And they have these three, it's like uh, oscillating, they rotate. There's like three or four people who work in the supermarket to like, instead of grinding the coffee like before where you used to have to wait and grind it. And that was like, it takes up a bunch of time, but you got like 150 bucks for it. Now, they have a coffee barista who does it but she purposely has to like move real slow and take uh, up like some of your time right <laughs> you got you or they have like a flowers guy who moves real slow and takes up some of your time uh so there's little slight updates but it's mostly true to what it used to be and how does the show like change from episode to episode because like it seems like you would just figure out what the most expensive stuff is and always go for that like quickly what what's the like difference how do you update it <laughs> For those listeners who aren't fans like you and I. So how they update it from episode to episode is like some episodes, they have these things called golden cans, which are $300. And like they'll be like the golden cans are in aisle four, like in the middle of your sweep. So that'll kind of throw people from going to get the normal stuff. Also, there's different strategies because 
you have to think about what you're physically capable of doing. Like, some people going to go meat and cheeses, but that's a heavy-ass cart. Got and you got to push that shit back. And you got to have stamina. And you only have two minutes. So there's some people who go for, like, caviar and light things that are very expensive. Mm. And some people go for diapers. Or, or some people just try to get all of the bonuses. So they So everyone's strategy is different. And it stays different because people are different. Which is why I love the show. That's why it stays fresh. It's because it's like, everybody can't go run and get meat. Mm-hmm. Right. You know? That's why the other one just buy a bunch of pregnancy tests. They're light and they're at least ten bucks a pop. And See, small. that's not enough. You got to get something that like there's a Yeti cooler that's empty. That's three hundred dollars. Like, oh, there is. See, I got to update my knowledge. I would have just been. They're like, he's getting a lot of pregnancy tests. <laughs> 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 they're like, he's at least ten bucks, man. <laughs> like, I don't think he knows how to play this game. <laughs> you know, you know, I don't see condoms in the store. I've never seen condoms, so I wonder. That like, might be if they uh, have the. Step at, two at, racy. At the front, yeah, at the front purchase. Oh, right. safe sex is too racy. Yeah, I, yeah. I beg, I beg to differ. Netflix Just or who is the it? acknowledgement of sex? Yeah. yeah. All right, let's take a quick break, and we'll be right back. And we're back. So. I started thinking about uh, like contemporary Christian art because of the Sopranos. I was watching the Sopranos, oh, right. the part where Janice is like in the contemporary Christian music scene, and it was just <laughs> like it's so uh, it's just interesting. Like I, I started thinking about like how just consistently bad Christian art has been for. A century? I don't know. It's been a long time. And it, it's like, it's an easy, like, butt of a joke online to, like, show the pictures or the drawings of, like, Jesus, like, carrying people out of the Twin Towers on 9-11 or whatever, like, sticking his arm in front of a junkie so that, like, he's taking the her- heroin for the junkie. But, like, I actually think it's, it's at the core of like one of our biggest national problems, like the whole culture war. Like I feel like the Protestant, like sort of uh right wing, the fact that they like don't have culture or like art that we can respect causes mm-hmm. like a resentment because we're dismissive of their art and then they resent uh our art. I think and resent us and like think that like there's like art. a war on their culture. Yeah, secular right. art. I, I thought you're acting like we have. Hey, check out uh, our daily zeitgeist Christian contemporary artworks. <laughs> yeah, hated, no. hated by evangelicals because we have swag. No, just like secular art in general. Like there, I I hadn't really done a ton of research into. Like I grew up around some people. Like when I lived in Kentucky, who were like part of this. Uh, more like Baptist, Protestant, Southern Baptist ethic where you would all, you couldn't listen to secular music. You would just listen to like, uh, there's apparently a chart that they had in like Christian record stores that was like, if you like Dr. Dre, then you'll love DC Talk. No. Uh, <laughs> I need and, that chart. I yeah. need the... Uh, <laughs> Oh, like a way to transition people off of that secular music. Yeah. And, but like, there's also, you know, uh, what's the, what's that Paul Shear movie thing? How did this get made? Like sometimes covers like these Christian movies and like, 
like they're they're somewhat successful when they come out like on a budget of like a small budget they'll make 10 million dollars or something but they're always just ridiculous and like yeah. fully reviled and like so i i started searching this just to be like what how does like what is the most dominant like probably the most dominant culture in america and you know like christians are they're not the majority but they're probably the plurality of like the population yeah, that, like, vague white christianity for sure yeah know? like not getting like, too into the details so, but, like jesus and white okay yeah there's so so many of them in america and like as a rule every piece of art that they make is bad um mm-hmm. and so like yeah i was doing research and this is something that they're writing about like i think they're aware of it like in these uh christian blogs like that that's what comes up when you search like why is christian contemporary art so consistently bad and they're like yeah you know the their diagnosis is interesting because the, they i think get some of it right they talk about like how um they they got locked into sort of a Weird Al Yankovic occasion of art where they would like take secular art and just do like the religious version of that. Like it's because they've like failed on like the educational front, like just to encourage really like deep critical thinking and everything just goes back to like this very simplistic normative judgment. Like one of the people was saying that they focus on having the answer as opposed to like the mystery of life, which like the mystery and the questions are what drives art as opposed to like, just being like, ah, no, it's a simple yes, no answer. Mm. But, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, you're an artist, Veronica. What do you think? <laughs> yeah. What is it about it? I had, I did just Google uh, Christian art and yeah, it's not good. It all, <laughs> it's also like it, it, it's so it's like, it's all evolving off of the same tree and no one's branching out. You know, right, like no one's right. taking a a bit of cubism or being like introducing like a Bauhaus aesthetic into their, you know what I mean? Like, because if that's art, you're there to express yourself. But like, it seems like they already limit sort of visually what is possible if you're right. doing they're, Christian art. Yeah, it seems like they're just not encouraged to like think outside the box or try new things, which I feel like to be good Maybe at art, you know. <laughs> boom, that's what it is, right? Like the lack yeah. of challenging your your norms or right. your beliefs yeah. in in the process of making your own art. I mean, that's the other thing mm-hmm. too is how dedicated you are as an artist to your work because there are yeah. plenty of there are plenty of works by non-religious artists that are Christian themed that are really good. Like Yeah, that are about Kehinde Wiley is an amazing painter who regularly has themes of Christianity like intertwined in his works, like whether that's like sort of stained glass pieces or like doing one for one uh, versions of like older paintings that were depictions of Christ and just swapping them out with like African-American people that like they still have power. Like there's a, I don't know, like it's just so funny that they, but people who aren't, you know, specifically Christian artists are still able to evoke things about religion through their art. So why doesn't it, yeah. Why doesn't somebody rip off Kahinde? Where are these, you know, like like people, plenty of people rip other artists off. Just start ripping off fucking good art. Like, like that's growing all up as like a movie fan, the best like times I saw a movie address faith was like Contact. Oh, <laughs> the, I love that movie. I love Contact, <laughs> but like that's that's a movie by a scientist about like religious faith. It's not mm-hmm. like the you know Christian churches 
like doctrine. So like, I'm sure it would be like kicked out of uh, the conversation if like you brought it to, uh, you know, into this Protestant aesthetic. And then like, I remember uh, You Can Count On Me, that movie like has a priest that is like, just allows for the the mystery of like faith and like religion and isn't just like, yeah, this is the answer. And that was like mind blowing because I, you just never see religion uh, in that context in American art. Uh, but I think that dude's, who made that is like a lapsed Catholic and like that you just, the, the thing that they were saying in this podcast I listened to where it was like all these Protestant like dudes who were like, they, they were saying all the things you're saying that like they have set their sights too low, low standards. Uh, They're just like all responding to whatever is put before them and not, you know, uh, they're, they're focused on the message rather than like the aesthetic. But then when they try to explain or like come up with a solution, it becomes like we are the bearers of God's image and Genesis says creation is good. And it's just like they get short circuited by this like normative judgmental thing. And I think like thinking going into a piece of a, a work of art, thinking that you're going to like pass judgment on something is like not. I don't know. Right. It feels very like uh, reductive and like the opposite of creativity. I mean, isn't like the best art pieces you look at? They they are sort of they have this ability to be nebulous and abstract, even if the form on the canvas or the image is very specific. That the the composition and whatever the colors just bring something out of you that you just are like, huh, you know, like yeah. that's the first step is just to be like, hmm, like this is yeah. interesting. But if it's Creates just a attention. literal, yeah, if there's just a literal in, like representation of this thing of like Jesus holding a baby or whatever, you're like okay, yeah, what? Sure. Mm-hmm. And there's no like there's no ability to begin questioning anything as you look at it, whether not that you have to question the, the existence of Christ or whether they're the, the father, the son of God or whatever. But he could even be to, for yourself or of your own. There's just something about it that doesn't allow even for that. Like there's no introspection. I don't know. I feel like good art gets your mind going and it sort of challenges challenges you on some level. And that's my yeah. personal take on like what the art, the kind of art I respond to specifically. It's different for other people, but I think that's a thing that's also missing because the nature of working within a religious framework is to not question anything at all. Like it's all right. the answers are given. So then we're kind of like, how can you, how could a Christian artist wrestle with their relationship with Christ in a painting? You know, cause then right. that, that would encourage other Christian people to think of like, am I also wrestling with my relationship, whether that's good or bad? But like it yeah. can't introduce anything like that. It has to be like, dude, G- I don't know if you saw that, dude. Christ was walking with that guy on the beach, fool, and was carrying him. <laughs> okay? <laughs> that That is the definitive piece of Christian art of the past mm-hmm. like yeah. 50 long, years. Sw- long walks on the beach. Footsteps. Yeah. Like, come on. Y'all can do better. The, one thing like tying it back to the current cultural moment, uh, I w- there's this BBC article about this question and- they were talking about that moment. Do you remember when there was like piss Christ? <laughs> that was just a photograph of like a cup of piss with like a crucifix in it. But then there was also a painting. Uh, <laughs> it, these were like big uh, modern art pieces. Uh, there was a painting of the Virgin Mary in that was painted with elephant shit. And the it was like late 90s, early 2000s. And the person who was like the central like critic 
critic of like the ability to show these works of art was Rudy Giuliani. Like that's, he was like, because they were in New York museums, he like took center stage and was like, this is unacceptable. Get the fuck out of here. It was like oh one of the first God. times when you started seeing like the cultural conversation around him be like, wait, what the fuck is this guy's deal? Like, right, what a right, piece right. Of shit. Um, wow. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> but it's he like, said. he's, he's passing judgment on, he's like, this is it's just like that normative, like thinking you get to say what's good and bad is like the, mm -hmm. it's like art is deathly allergic to that. I feel like. Yeah. Nah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, we can't solve all your problems for you, Christian art world. Um, I know, but, but like, I want them to solve our problem for us and start creating art that is good. That like the whole, that will cross over so we can all be like, yeah, no, that's good, man. Like, good for you guys and great now like you don't have to feel like you have a chip on your shoulder about fucking the sopranos I or uh, i don't know if it's that i, th I mean it, it's so many things but i think just already when you get caught up in this thing of like i'm the like operating within a religious environment just because i went to school like in things like that just people some people are just so already kind of cut off from having any thoughts that would challenge you or you would have growth or an evolution in general. I mean, we are the, the theory of evolution is already taboo to these people. So the idea yeah. that like, I'm just thinking of like how any person operates from when they're trying to create something like artistically, your it's your moments of inspiration typically are born out of changes in your life or growth or failure or things. And you're using that to be like, Oh wow, I have this energy to express in a certain way. If you're kind of one note, because you're like, it's all good. Christ got my back. The devil is bad. And let's do this year after year. Yeah. Your art is already having a discussion with something like that in your life. I don't see much. Ch I already don't, there's not much change or, you know, evolution. There's no, there's nothing in flux there. It's very constant. Yeah, yeah, and you're also sort of operating off the get-go, like, within a certain set of rules. And, like, art has no rules, baby, you know? Yeah. Right. And you have to be willing to reject those right. rules to make it. Like, so I, I was thinking of, like, Catholic example of, like, good art. And, like, the Hold Steady album Separation Sunday is, like, about Catholicism. And it's, like, very, like, thoroughly about religion. Like, or with Judaism, uh, a, a simple man or... Is that a serious man? And like they, these are about religion and they're like also brilliant works of art that like, you know, you can you can be explicitly about the the religion, the questions that arise from that religion without like being, I don't know, so just simple I, and stupid. I want to see lit Christian art too. You know, I want to be mm -hmm. like, you know, yeah, I want to see, see lit everything art. Yeah, just yeah. Uh, holler at us, and I don't mean to be like dismissive because I. Think I'm not trying to be dismissive at all. Well, I'm, I'm I'm not saying you are. I, I'm I'm only really speaking for myself because I sort of felt that I'm the way I'm talking about it seems sort of uh, across the board dismissive of someone's beliefs or belief system. But yeah, I would. I don't know. I don't know what the answer is because I've grown up seeing the same five fucking posters or framed works of art in right. Lutheran and Catholic schools, and. I was like, damn, shit is so dry, bro. Like, just get that hot air balloon fucking photo up that says, like, perseverance. Like, that shit right. is hitting harder than this, you know, <laughs> taking a long walk on the beach with this dude. That painting of uh, Jesus that is, like, 
you know, blue-eyed, uh, light brown-haired Jesus. That's I think I think I read somewhere it's the most reproduced piece of art like in the world in the history of the world, uh, and it's just like some dude like painted it in the early 20th century and it just like happened to it's like not any sort of great masters painting it's just like yeah that that'll do um, i mean you if, i even think of like there are basquiat uh like images of like christ you know what i mean yeah. that are abstract and freaky but they do something to you because at least in that one there's some it it, it'll bring some kind of feeling of like fear or something out of it too, because it's not like smiley, you know, white guy with blue eyes. Like right. it feels a little more all encompassing of what life is rather yeah. than just sort of myopically looking at like this very nice polished quaffed hair guy with the six pack. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, but I me. do, I do demand that Jesus stays ripped. Uh, <laughs> Cause he, he always has to be hot. I, and I'm looking know, for a dad bod Jesus, you know? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that might be step <laughs> would one. Be would that be too subversive if a Christian was like, I honestly think this is a little bit better for Christ. Jesus with like love handles and <laughs> just a little, yeah, just being a regular extra. dude. Cause yeah. I'm, I mean, I would Quarantine. love to, I would, I would watch a documentary about the Genesis Pardon the, sorry for the crossover pun there, but of ripped Jesus depictions. Yeah. Like who, who began that? And like, I'm sh- was there controversy around that? Did anyone try and do like maybe a little scrawnier Jesus? Or like, yo, bro, the savior would be fucking ripped. Fuck out of here. It'll make him look weak. Has God. anyone ever done a Jesus with like a really big dong? Because like, I feel like there's just always a normal size. As a size. joke, you mean? No. Oh, like a like, statue? <laughs> yeah, a statue of Jesus with like a massive That's true. Dong that was Because like, the, he's yeah. always like naked, like mostly. But like, yeah. they make him ripped. But I feel like this... <laughs> that might be the future of Christian art. It's just like Jesus. You could buy a CrossFit Jesus. And you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Fat, just a weird floppy dick Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> Rudy Giuliani is continuing to pursue uh, the, the idea that the election was fraudulent by bringing out some uh, star witnesses. He was at a hearing in Michigan, so he brought forth a, a whistleblower who seemed to be legitimately drunk, um, and we'll hear from her in a moment. He also brought forward another who said she thinks uh, all Chinese people look alike as an argument for using voter IDs. Um, There was a guy. Oh, wow. I didn't. Yeah. I I read like some of this stuff that was being said, and that seemed like a joke, but also in line with the real shit I read. But wow. Yeah. No, she's straight up. Go off, Patriot. Um, There was a guy who was there to report that the counting room was very hot. Um, and like, that was it. Like they, I think people were waiting for how this connected back to the fraud, the claims of fraud. And that was never (laughs) made evident. There was a woman who testified that she saw an Asian man bring in a box of ballots, uh, in line with what would happen during an election. Uh, and, but that's it. That was the entirety of her testimony was that, uh, an Asian man brought in a, a box of ballots. There was another guy who was like, I saw the, I saw the steal happening. And then they're like, are you a poll watcher? No. And then he's talking about the Obama's like reign of destruction was, was hand in hand with dominion voting machines. Like what's your testimony? He's like, Oh, I just saw these signs at a rally that yeah. were suspicious. I'm like, okay. Yeah. Thanks for wasting. There was a part where Rudy audibly farted um, again Fantastic. Did he? It's. I can't. I mean, it almost seems like it's so absurd that I'm like, it's this has so to be absurd. Edited. This dude's I'd, farting as he's 
This is me. That 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 was my exact response. I went, I watched it. I was like, they had to have added that, but like the people who were tweeting the video were like, you know, straight up media people. Like they're not they're not people who are just uh here to We need the minutes around. of this uh of this hearing. <laughs> and you but like when you look at the video, the moment he farts, the woman who is in frame next to him, her eyes like dart up from whatever she's doing to him, like in yeah. surprise. Yeah, it uh, was I mean, here, we'll just play both farts because okay. you know, this is a show about the culture. I will I will I will ask that he be he be disciplined for that. First of all, there's one. First, okay, that was one. Little one. I mm. demand he be disciplined for that. <laughs> like, come on. Like that's a fucking you like they're, they're be being true, punctuated right? like a writer would if you're doing like you're writing a script. You're like, yeah, and he says it, fart. Um, okay, then I guess round two, uh, we'll give a little bit more lead time. And this one is the one that causes the neck snap, uh, because the fart was so loud. Bar and others who have disproven a lot of I gave you the answer. Point of order. The answer that I gave you is they didn't bother to interview a single witness. Just mm. like you, they don't want to know the truth. Yo, she, <laughs> she, and so at cool. that exact moment, her eyes, That's, what, that, huh? Exactly. Oh, That's the perfect. That's the perfect example a long time ago it got taught to me that when something happens don't just focus right away on there on what's happening like open your eyes even bigger to try to capture the whole environment <laughs> yeah. so she let me know that what i was hearing was not fake yeah yeah, yeah. she was, let me know oof. she was like oh this is legit yeah right and here. she she was like again if this is a like single camera comedy show that's a fucking yeah. cut. You punch into her reaction to the fart. Yes. Like, yeah. And then she just looks up and then you go her back face, to her. And then looks at the camera. Her yeah. face said at all. Her face said he farted and it was wet. She basically did Jim <laughs> from the office, like yeah. like breaking the fourth wall, kind of like, mm? yeah, yeah. The dude farted. Uh, and then okay. this other woman, we, we saw her before. She was the one who. We, she is we, the star. She's the, the star. star. She witness. was the one who even, I believe. It was Janine Pirro or Laura Inger. One of those Fox hosts had a hard time even understanding her when she went on Fox like a few weeks ago. Yes. Being like, oh, they didn't have food at the polling place. So then they yeah. brought it in. It was ballots. So she's so I mean, we'll her testimony her. opens with her complaining that they made her park in a parking garage and then get take a shuttle to the vote counting. Because so she's a tech. She was a the reason she is supposedly a witness. She's a freelance tech consultant who was brought in to uh, monitor the the election, and she's she's pissed and seemingly drunk. I'll just, I don't even know where to start. I'll just start in a, I'm just going to close my eyes and put the cursor in a part of her testimony because <laughs> all of it is as equally as disturbing and alarming. Off that 30,000? I'd say that poll book is off by over 100,000. That hope. poll book... Why don't you look at the registered voters on there? How many registered voters are on there? Mm. Did you do you even know the answer to that? No, I guess it's, I'm trying to get to the bottom zero. of this here. Zero. There's zero. So, my question then is if the guess how many? Wait, what about what about how what what about about the turnout rate? Oh. Okay, at this point, even Rudy Giuliani is reaching over. Starts like, tapping hey, her. Hey, yeah, hey, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta tone that down a little bit. You can't just be interrupted. This is this is a gotta testimony. Chill. Yeah, you can't just be cutting them off you've like been, that. You've been, you on the sauce again? Yeah, you exactly. on the sauce? Right. You said that. I you said, said no drinking. You said no that drinking. Was water. Not before. That was vodka. <laughs> Damn, girl. Fine, but just all right. Do do a fart or something though. 
What do you say? That was Listerine with full. What? That was vodka <laughs> yeah. in that Listerine Damn. bottle? <laughs> what, with a little bit of fruit coloring? Oh, f- food coloring. You? Oh, yeah. <laughs> this I, is Later on is when it gets real testy. I mean, I'll just play another clip. I'm just saying the numbers are not off by 30,000 votes. So I know what I saw. That they're filling in. I know what things? I saw. And I signed something saying that if I'm wrong, I can go to prison. Mm. Did you? That's what we call motherfucking bars right there. Bars. <laughs> did you? Wow. Bars. I said, did you? I mean, she has the hair of like, you know, somebody who just had to roll out of bed and go to court. Like, it's the right. weird updo, the glasses, the vibe. They have a lot of useful idiots um, in this like whole legal procession that's going through. Because I also just want to draw people's attention. They have, there's another. The Kraken was released. I don't know if you heard about this dude. Fucking folk hero Jesse Morgan is a person that they say he knows what was going on because he was a subcontractor for the Postal Service and he drove Mm -hmm. ballots that were completely doctored and he knows. And I just want to show, just play a quick thing because the president was also amplifying. So um, in total, I saw 24 Gaylords or large cardboard containers of ballots loaded into my trailer. These Gaylords contain plastic trays, I call them totes, but trays will work, of ballots stacked on... Anyway, he got up there to basically be another person, to be a whistleblower, to say, I saw fake-ass ballots with my own, and, too, okay? Yes, and I'm educated because I know the word Gaylord. Exactly. I know what it And means. I didn't snicker because it's a technical yeah. term. Please grow up. Yeah. Um, and I call him Toast. <laughs> I have to tote my goat. <laughs> so the thing with this guy, though, is he is this man likes the camera a little bit. And it yeah, also he tends to dabble in, you know, the kinds of activities, you know, where you sort of swear that an impossible thing is true. And you even have receipts, quote unquote, in the form of just lying, because this dude is also a ghost hunter. And he has yes. been on YouTube with his family He's, this is from the Daily Beast, who did some research on this man. said, quote, Morgan's first success came with a 2016 video about a, quote, shadow person, end quote, living in his basement from where he claimed he, to hear strange noises. Quote, I will not raise my daughters in a place that is haunted, Morgan declares in the video, dubbed shadow person caught on camera. And so this dude also went on, him and his brothers, they had like an amateur fucking ghost hunter documentary. They tried to get crowdfunded. And the it it did. I'm looking on Amazon. The reviews are awful. Uh, people are just saying like, interesting. This is what's so funny about this. Just the title of this review sums everything up about this man and this whole Giuliani legal thrust. the The title of the review is interesting, but not enough evidence mm. on their yes. documentary about being fucking. It's called The Shadows Amongst Us. And does he did he just find out about shadows? Like, is it is the shadow person just his shadow? I mean, do you think people who looked at the video, it just looked at a dude, you know, like when you know, there's like green guy, those like lycra suits people wear. That's like a full body suit that covers your head and everything and just sort of makes you like a form of a solid color. It looks Mm. like a dude in like a black body suit and he's calling him like and you're like, I'm pretty okay, whatever. Just do your (laughs) shitty Blair Witch Project video. So that's that's what they got out here. Yeah, I'm enjoying all these people, man. I personally, I'm enjoying them. I know what I know when when uh, I'm old enough to remember the circus. The circus doesn't really exist anymore, but yeah. I, I used to remember uh, the circus used to come into town. 
Uh, I'm originally from Miami, Florida, and they used to, part of the celebration of the circus was that they would come with their wagons, Ringling Brothers, and you would just see these big uh, trains roll into town, and it would cut through the middle of the city. Oh, and everyone's like, wow, the circus is in town. Wow, the circus is there. And then you kind of, like, every once in a while, you you get a peek at what behind the the tents, what it looks like, how they're living, and you're like, ah. (laughs) I don't know about the circus life. Yeah, you know? yeah. a little grim. And yeah. uh, and this is a great, you know, I, I might have been like Walter Cronkite or someone uh, that they were speaking uh, earlier on that um, this particular group of people that are in office now and, and by the leader of the free world at this time, uh, John o, Donald J. Trump, is they're very good at throwing the dead cat at the, on the table, mm-hmm. uh, which is a negotiation technique, which is an argument technique that when something's not going your way, uh, you basically throw a dead cat on the table and the conversation kind of ends. Right. And no one's paying attention at the real issue. They're just looking at this dead cat on the table. So I we're use looking- that tactic every day of my life, man. Yeah. Every day. Literally. I use that with every <laughs> argument of my wife. About your truck <laughs> or your <laughs> car stinks. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, you there know. you go, man. So this is, uh, this is I, I'm taking that for what it is. It's entertainment. I also know there's the damage that it's causing because there are, again, just uh, uh, throwing it back to the Social Dilemma documentary, uh, there are people who are just watching this. Yeah, and they're right. not watching anything else, and they're not reading anything else, and they're not sharing anything else but this, and this is what's being done. And that... Uh, we joke about it, but that mic drop that she had, I signed the paper. That, did you? Did yeah. you? Did you? Because if, if I'm lying, that paper says that I go to jail. And if you're in that bubble, you're like, you, that's what I'm, this woman is ready to go to jail for freedom. Yeah. Because right. she is, she's not lying, you know? Well, I'm so, down for my is you, though. Yeah. I seen everything I'm but God. Like, oh, I love when these things come to light. Uh, the uh, 50 Cent the other day, um, you know, allegedly, uh, he went on a show and he talked about how he got the he got the phone call from the Trump campaign. This is uh, on, he talks about it on tape, so I'm sure people can look it up. And 50 Cent, you know, that, that price tag was a million dollars. The oh, they paid him a million dollars for that? No, no, they offered him. They offered him. They he did not take it and he didn't go. And as a as a businessman, uh, he said, I had to weigh the option of taking this million dollar bird in the hand, and, but am I gonna be able to bounce back? And right. they and it's funny because they made fun of Little Wayne and they go, So Little Wayne took the million dollars and he said he probably got more because he wore the hat and he went on the road. Yeah, right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, so, little pimp, little pump also must have got his check yeah, too. But you know, yeah, yeah, it's like uh, he wasn't doing the same numbers, but yeah, yeah, it, those streaming, yeah, yeah. little pump probably he's in the he's in the fifty thousand. Like is he platinum? What do you mean SoundCloud? Yeah. What SoundCloud? With, no, no, yeah, no, I yeah, need platinum, platinum artists, platinum artists. <laughs> but Fifty Cent did come out and say like that he recommended Trump over Biden because of the tax plan, right? Yeah, he did like uh, a soft endorsement he soft that, endorsement he, yeah so no, he, paid. yeah he, he paid. went along the lines of what he just said uh he went along the very soft like you just guys said he didn't take he didn't even mention trump he just stuck to biden's and he yeah. was like biden's plan you know i'm gonna end up paying close to like 
62% right. in taxes at the end of the day. Mm. You know, uh, once again, and that scares a lot of people. And because everybody thinks that they're going to make uh, everybody, and I wish that everybody would make, but the reality is not everybody's going to hit 400000 a month, uh, a year. Right. Four hundred thousand dollars. So when you're getting and I and I also feel for those individuals that have worked hard their whole life. And so it's kind of like that's a that's a uh, above my intellect type of conversation. But in basic terms, it's like I do feel for people that have worked hard their whole life. Now they're making a certain amount of money. Now you're trying to tax them to yeah. an extreme amount, it, whatever extreme it is to them. I don't got to worry about that. I'm not in that tax bracket. I'm yeah. just chilling. I'm <laughs> right. trying to. I'm trying to stay as low key as possible. Exactly. Like you're like, yeah. Orlando, we're gonna pay you this much. Nah, no, no, no. We're not gonna do it that. It got to be me. under four hundred, bro. I can't. Yeah, 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 I can't yeah, be yeah. popping it up got, like that. Yeah. I don't need. I more learned than that. that a long time ago when I was a war hourly employee. After a certain time, overtime, you're just giving money back. Right. So, right. Th- right. There you go. Play the margins. All right. Let's <laughs> take a quick break. We'll be right back. And we're back. What is something you think is <laughs> overrated, brother? Now that I've been in quarantine for nine months, I'm going to say leaving my house to do things is very overrated. Uh, wow. I'm, I'm really loving. Yeah, uh, it might be a hot take. I really love just sitting at home. I don't know. I wake up early and do yoga. It's like, you know, doing like, you know, doing Zoom birthday parties and stuff like that and stuff over Zoom is kind of weird. But like. I, I don't miss driving places. Like I don't miss yeah. those commutes. I don't miss uh, you know, like I uh I don't mind, you know, doing Grubhub and then picking it up from someplace and like not eating in the restaurant or whatever. It's like all those are things that like I don't miss. Yeah. Right. Turns out. It's yeah, yeah, it's it's something about like sort of just kind of read aligning your schedule and like with your lifestyle and things like that, like when you've eliminated the commute or just the 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 stress. Like I feel like maybe we're similar in that like having to get out the door is just stressful and that yeah. not having that there. I'm like, I have so much mental bandwidth to like think of other things rather than like, what time is it? Oh, I got 15 minutes. Got to wash. Fuck. I need to eat. Uh, fuck it. I'll eat something. Yeah, off. Yeah, like dude. all that stuff. It takes up my mind so much to the point where I like, oh. I feel sort of a, a bit of just from the lack of commute, a little bit more like just space in my mind to problem solve. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah dude. Like I like, like I put like uh I mean when I had to commute places for jobs I would like put my cell phone like in my bathroom on my sink and the second I looked at the got out of the shower I would turn my cell phone and be like oh shit it's eight fifteen if I don't leave by eight twenty I'm gonna have to like yeah. you know, whatever so I'll brush my teeth in the car I guess you yeah. know and then like yeah so it's like that stuff I don't miss at all so that I haven't that, eaten breakfast that, while overrated. taking a shower in so long it's uh, yeah yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like that kind of thing. No one knew what to do with that, like, Jack. We're all just kind of picturing you I eating mean, a burrito in a shower. Yeah, like Tobias yeah. Bluth. And it's and it's a messy breakfast. It's not a power bar. Yeah, it's like no, you're no, eating it's, like no, no. you're eating like just you're eating egg like yolks French toast. all over his chest. <laughs> yeah, just, yeah. Oh, God. Yeah, you're eating like an egg McMuffin. You're eating yeah. an egg McMuffin that you ordered extra runny. Well, the eggs are already wet. So you're yeah, really exactly. just Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, I, I guess I was thinking about that like like when you said that, I paused because I was like, 
wait, are you a genius? Is that a thing? I like, <laughs> is that I mean, a thing that can? That's like yeah, a life hack in like this brutalist, like <laughs> fucking high output productivity nonsense <laughs> culture, where it's like yeah, it's you those, gotta dystopian. eat breakfast when you shit, and then again when you shower. Right. You put on your hoodie backwards with your like <laughs> lunch stuffed in it, so you can just like Drop. scarf it down while you're exactly. typing. Yeah, yeah. yeah Fill like, up your hoodie with potato salad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like for me, the dystopian life hack was like I started to bring those like those those tooth like flossing picks in my glove box in my car, so that it's like okay, I don't have to floss when I'm in my bathroom. I can do it while I'm driving. Yeah. Like, if anybody wow. would look at me weird while flossing while driving, I'd just be like, "Fuck yeah. you! This is my life." <laughs> <laughs> and then your steering wheel starts to smell bad, and it has little flecks of white stuff all over it. That's the one problem. <laughs> yeah, with that. but I'm like, but I'm just like, hey, that's like that's a price to pay for <laughs> corporate price efficiency, to pay for efficiency <laughs> baby. <laughs> to make yeah, these baby. dollars for my boss. <laughs> yeah, I need it's to like, wash wait, I told my you about car. The extra- Oh wait, that's the inside of the windshield. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah, god, I mean, look, that's the worst. I told you about. I told. I told you about the extra eight dollars I made on that PA gig, right? That's how yeah. I make the big bucks. <laughs> yeah, exactly. The, Stuff like yeah. that. Maybe uh, yeah, I, yeah. I might be overestimating how gross other people's flossing experiences are, but mine is a, uh, it's a real mess. It's real. Oh uh, yeah. I mean, yeah, slaughterhouse. I floss every there. day, so it's not too bad. Like, yeah, it's like I floss every morning, so it's. It not, looks like, it's like that scene clean. in uh, Kingpin. When Randy Quaid <laughs> flosses for the first time, and they're like, "Oh my god, is, like, is that a chicken, shit. a whole chicken wing on the piece of floss?" Uh, yeah, we've all been there. That's funny. All right, real quick, let's hop back into uh, COVID news because Interpol is warning of possible mafia involvement in <laughs> vaccines and vaccine heists. This is just. This shouldn't like change how you feel about the vaccines. Everybody should get it the second it's available to you. Um, yeah. But this is just something that the U.S. is managing to fuck up. Also, uh, is how we secure these vaccines because um, you know the mafia. Anytime there's something that's extremely valuable and there is not a like very defined system for distribution, the mafia. Uh, organized crime of any sort is going to try and jump in there and take advantage of the situation. Um, and the U.S. has put uh, ICE in charge of fighting uh, vaccine-related fraud in the United States for some reason. Um, and in addition to being just like a barbaric institution predicated on cruelty, uh, it's just wild that they would be put in charge of anything to do with COVID uh, yeah. when their detention centers have been like literally overrun with the virus at like far higher rates than prisons. 13 times higher rate than the U.S. population. Yeah. Um, and that's with the numbers they're reporting. The true numbers are probably worse, uh, but there's a lack of transparency and no testing. But yeah, they, they've been the site of mass outbreaks. And uh, our writer, J.M., hit the streets in Canada to report this. Apparently in 1959, when the polio uh, vaccine was just being distributed in Montreal at the height of the of a polio outbreak some armed men broke into a a uh, lab and stole 75,000 doses of the vaccine um and they like went and recovered it in a refrigerator somewhere uh I mean how but, are you going to sell hot vaccines That's right. You know what I mean? It's, like it's it seems I'm trying to think of the market. I mean I get it probably for rich people, you know, where they're like, "Yo, do you have some of those on deck?" Okay, can I get like right. 14 of those? 
But like, are you, is somebody, you know, selling like Lucy vaccines at the bodega or something like that? I don't know. Like, where, <laughs> where is that? How does, how do you profit off of stealing like 75,000 doses of a vaccine? Yeah, it's, it's a, uh, it seems like a convoluted way to try to make money, but you know, desperate times. No, actually they're gonna, I'm sure you'll you find know, a way, you know, my, they'll find a way to sell it. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm. I'm just like now you gotta bring back all these retired guys, you know, because the new mafia doesn't know how to do truck hijackers. <laughs> yeah, right. They're new mafias at the gas station trying to steal credit card right. numbers from the little swiping yeah. machine. They're, you they're always gotta like, yank on it. I always yank on it. Yeah, gotta yeah, make sure it doesn't I, I, come out. The card yeah, reader. I, I no, I actually yeah, I yank on it too. And you always uh, inside tip. Uh, you always use the pumps that are facing the cashier. Right, because they can see him. You yeah, know? yeah, not the front. Uh, yeah, because they won't, they won't, because it, it does. It's a process. It's still a certain amount of time you got to spend at the pump installing it. So you always use that. Uh, you always use that. So I just think they're they're gonna have to call these old guys, man, the Sammy the Bulls, and 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 the, hey, <laughs> right? man, how I mean, do we do? Yeah, yeah, Louis Meatballs. What's the deal? Yeah. A vaccine well, heist movie with yeah. like where oh. you have to bring out the old guys from the retirement oh, home to shit, stage man. the heist. Yes. Robert no. Duvall. Yeah. Robert Get Duvall. Old ass Robert Duvall. Yeah. You can't make and, these. I've heard of things going viral, but you can't make these vaccines digital. Oh, you shit. can't. This oh, is tangible God. products. You can't transfer this on the web. Yeah. You know? <laughs> Uh, uh, and they, they get partnered up. They get partnered up with a bunch of young guys who are trying to be all techy, and right, now right. it's like tech and, and everything. Justin so Long, right? Well, what we have to do is follow the driver to his home, right? And then you know, take his wallet, get his driver's license, you know, and tell him that we know where he lives. And then the young guy's like, well, "We know where he lives. Yeah, we know we where know he lives. Driver. And we already we hacked him. him. We, we set up a fake yeah. OnlyFans to get him to subscribe yeah, yeah. to. We got all his info." We have all this info. Okay, so that's out of the way. Okay. Now, <laughs> what, we need guns. Oh, where do we get those? That's, that'll be the question. <laughs> right, right. We, well, we just print them. Well, we, <laughs> we have guns. 3D printed them. <laughs> we, <laughs> we have, Grandpa, we print it. You mean you have guns? Yeah, we 3D printed all the, the guns. <laughs> okay. That ain't no gun. This is a gun. <laughs> this is a gun. That's an artillery yeah. cannon. So what do, you, what do you guys need me for? You got everything figured out. Huh? We need someone to drive the truck, Grandpa. Yeah. None of us drive. All we know how to do is That's Uber right. and Lyft. Yeah. That's all we know. Right. You know what I mean? <laughs> all right. That's going to do it for this week's weekly Zeitgeist. Please like and review the show if you like the show. Uh, means the world to Miles. He he needs your validation, folks. Uh, I hope you're having a great weekend, and I will talk to you Monday. Bye.